The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to the elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello and welcome back to Brand New Little People, the podcast where we talk about all things early parenting with a particular focus on sleep, settling and crying in the first few years. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Fallon Cook. And I'm Dr. Laura Conway. We are paediatric sleep practitioners at Infant Sleep Australia and founders of Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic program, Sonbel. And Laura, this is our 10th episode. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> That's kind of gone quick. I can't believe there's 10 already. Me neither. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast this morning. You know, I'm a bit of a podcast fiend. And they were saying that they've been going for 10 years. And I thought, my goodness, <laughs> we're at number 10 <laughs> episodes. But hey, you never know. I hope we'll be here in 10 years. I quite like doing this. And I love the feedback we've gotten from parents. It still amazes me that they enjoy listening to us yabber on about things, but that's great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So this week we thought we would really dive into a really great question that we had sent through from someone called Joyce. Um, So we're going to dive into that and Mm -hmm. and talk through uh, a few different things that I think a lot of parents will really find helpful. But a lot of it is really going to be focused on contact naps. Um, and, you know, do they work for you or are they actually becoming a problem? And if they are a problem, then what can you do about them? Um, so mm-hmm. let's dive in. Here is Joyce's question she sent through. My name is Joyce and I'm a first time mum. My baby girl is six months and two weeks old. In terms of sleep, our biggest challenge at the moment is daytime naps. Around four months of age, I found she had difficulty falling asleep in the daytime, so I started rocking and holding and eventually contact napping. Eventually, I want to stop doing this because she will be going to daycare in another three or four months' time, and I also will be returning to work, so no one will be there to do the contact naps. I try putting her in her bassinet for day naps, but she gets so excited and becomes wide awake even if she displays all the signs of readiness to sleep in my arms. When contact napping, she can sleep for at least one hour. Sometimes I have to wake her up because she can sleep for up to two hours. However, on the rare days when I can put her down after she falls asleep, she only sleeps for 30 minutes in her cot. And I've never succeeded in resettling her, but she seems happy upon waking up from a short nap. But again, this brings on my anxiety. So we checked in with Joyce and she confirmed that her baby is sleeping really well overnight, but her baby can only fall asleep while being held. So Joyce asks, how can I stop contact napping? So Laura, tell us a bit more. What is contact napping? So contact napping is where you hold your baby to sleep and they uh, and you carry on holding them for the whole nap. So it's your contact um, with them. Um, and uh, some parents will do contact naps with their baby just um, sitting on a rocking chair or on the sofa. Other parents will do a contact nap with the baby in the carrier. 
Um, and it's actually really very common f um, for parents when their babies are really little, um, you know, particularly in the first uh, three months um, where babies are hardly awake for any time at all before they have to go back to sleep again. Uh, and it's often one of the ways that parents can get things done is to do some um, contact naps with um, the baby in the uh, carrier. Um, however, it does become a bit more problematic as babies get older and heavier, doesn't it, Fallon? Yeah, it's so often the case. Those early cuddles and babies are little uh, lovely. And like you say, it can be just really convenient if they're happy to nap in the carrier and you're happy to have them in the carrier. There's so much you can get done um, during those naps. But certainly as they get heavier, it does become a lot harder. And I think in Joyce's case as well, um, it's fair enough to feel a little anxious about when she does go on to childcare because you know, usually childcare um, educators, they don't have the time to be able to hold every baby mm. to sleep. Um, so, no. you know, Joyce's baby might have a bit of trouble making that, that adjustment. So it's definitely about thinking about what's, what's best for your family. If you love contact napping and it's not an issue, absolutely do it. You know, we're by no means saying <clears throat> that you shouldn't contact nap. Um, it can work really mm. well for some families. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to think about you know, when Joyce sort of says her naps when she's having a contact nap are so much longer than when she's in the bassinet, um, mm. I think that is anxiety provoking for Joyce by the sounds of it. And a lot of parents say this, you know, I'm really worried that if I'm trying to settle them in the cot or bassinet, they just won't get enough sleep and we'll have a really mm. tricky day and possibly a really, you know, tricky night because they'll be so grumpy and cranky by the end of the day. Um, and there's mm. this analogy I often talk about with parents in the clinic. So if any of them are listening in, they'll be like, oh, yeah, she's doing the car ride one. <laughs> but it's, it's a really good example. So what I always say to parents is this. Imagine you're, you know, it's Sunday afternoon, you're driving home from a lovely weekend away and you might not ever normally nap on a Sunday afternoon. But with that warmth of the car and, you know, that sort of little bit of movement of the car, as a passenger, it's really easy just to find yourself dozing off to sleep because you've got all this warmth and comfort around you. Um, so you, mm. you can nap when you ordinarily wouldn't nap. Um, but, you know, if that car pulls up at the traffic lights, you'll tend to spring awake because you're just in a very light sleep. Um, and if that comfort and movement stops, you know, you're much more likely to wake up. And that's kind of mm. what happens for babies when they are held to sleep for their day naps and then put down in their cot. When they're put down in their cot, they're much more likely to, to wake up again. Um, so what's, you know, I suppose where I'm going with this is that sometimes they will have a really big, long contact nap because there's all that extra comfort. It doesn't necessarily mean that they need to have that one or two hour nap. They might actually only need about 30 minutes or so um, for that particular nap. But with that extra comfort, they can manage that little bit more sleep. Um, and again, that's not necessarily a problem. What you're always thinking about is how are their nights? Because if nights are really broken and really problematic um, and there's a lot of contact napping, then sometimes they're actually getting far too much day sleep and that's starting to really impact the quality of the nights. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, given that she she mentions that often after a 30-minute nap in the cot or the bassinet rather, um, she's really happy, waking up really, really happy. Um, and I reckon, mm. Laura, you get a few parents saying that sort of similar thing in the clinic too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when they are waking up happy, that's a really good sign that they have had enough sleep for that nap. Um, you know, they might cry on 
waking um, but as soon as parents go into them there's smiles all round there's babbling there's reaching up to be picked up um, and when you're going in and seeing your baby like that then there isn't really much point trying to resettle them um, and worrying about whether they've had enough sleep because just looking at them um, looking at their behavior and how happy they are is a really good sign that even though it was just a short nap that was enough for them um, for that particular nap um, and it's time to get them up yeah absolutely and Joyce mentions that this makes her feel really anxious and I think you're not alone there, Joyce. Mm. Often parents think, oh gosh, it was only a short nap. They must need more sleep or, you know, how am I going to get them enough sleep so that they can get through the day okay? Um, try, yeah. I mean, it's a silly thing saying to someone, try not to be anxious. Often we can't really help it. <laughs> but just keep in mind that if she's waking up happy, you know, and wanting to engage with you, it's perfectly fine to get her up. Um, and if you were to really consistently work on doing cot or bassinet um, naps during the daytime, you might find that, yeah, she only does, you know, 30 minutes or so and then springs awake. So for a short time while she's getting used to that, you might actually need to give her an extra nap in the daytime so that she can make it through the day okay. Um, and eventually what you might find mm. is that she becomes so used to falling asleep in her cot that she's not springing awake quite as easily sort of at every 30 minutes. She might sort of manage to link a couple of sleep cycles and, and have a longer nap, but that can take a little bit of time and practice. Yeah, um, and I think that's key. It does take a bit of practice um, to get them used to falling asleep. You know, somewhere yeah. different for their naps. Absolutely, absolutely. And some families, um, well, quite frequently, will report that the naps seem to take a little bit longer to come together um, than the nighttime sleep. So it, um, you're absolutely right there, Fallon. That um, being flexible and um, knowing that you can give your baby an extra nap if they are having those short naps whilst you're getting them used to going to sleep in the cot is um, absolutely fine to do that and with plenty of practice which they will be getting because little babies as we know have lots of naps each day um, mm. it may be that um, with time um, the baby will start to learn to link those sleep cycles um, and have some longer sleeps um, whilst they're in the cot. Um, perhaps similar duration that they might have been, uh, in Joyce's case, it, that the baby might have been having in her arms. Yeah, yep. And you know, Laura, I had a great family in the clinic last week who actually had this same problem and we'd worked out a bit of a strategy for them, but they were just so nervous about the day naps mm -hmm. that they came up with their own strategy. And I love it. So I'm going to share that today because I actually think it oh, might help great. a lot of parents. So what this family did was they were just so nervous about naps and, and putting their baby down in the cot for naps that they... Um, instead of, you know, having a contact nap where the baby's, you know, on them, they started to do all the day naps in the pram. So their baby could settle quite easily in the pram. So they were getting mm -hmm. out and about and doing a lot of walks, which they were saying was, you know, great for their mental health as well, because they're getting out of yes. the house that little bit more too. Um, and easier on the back, pushing a pram than carrying a, a heavy baby. Um, so they yes. started out just doing, you know, um, naps in the pram while they were walking. And then after, I think it was a few days or a week, um, they started to put the baby in the pram, but they didn't go for the walk. Um, they would just, I think they were rocking the pram for a little bit of a, a little while back and forth at home until eventually yes. they got to the point where they could just roll the pram into the baby's dark bedroom, um, pop her down in the pram and she would be 
off to sleep really, really quickly. So she was at that point of just having the day naps um, in the pram in the bedroom. And then the next step they were going to work on was actually putting her in the cot. But I thought it was such a great way to kind of slowly get that baby used to sleeping in the sleep environment that you'd prefer they had. And of course, they were keeping a really close eye on her in the pram. Um, She wasn't in sort of a capsule type seat. She was laying flat in the pram um, and they had the monitor on and, you know, they kept checking in on her all the time. Um, but yeah, they ensuring that it was a safe sleep environment. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and they, you know, checked in on her a lot and they found that that was just a really easy transition to make. You know, I don't think there was any crying. You know, she was quite happy to settle there and mm. it just helped her get used to it. So that's definitely one approach to consider. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so good, isn't it, Fallon, when um, parents come to the clinic and um, tell us about a new approach that we haven't heard of before that we think, oh, that is such a good idea. So we're always learning from parents as well. Absolutely. We learn from them all the time. And these amazing parents had basically taken everything that heard in that initial appointment where we talked about, you know, why their baby was struggling, you know, with lots of wake ups. Um, And that just put that into practice and thought about how they could apply that to their baby. And I love it when parents do that. They really use what they've learned to, um, yeah, think about what they can do to support their baby. And it just works so well for that family. So. Yeah, That's so really good. And then they're no longer um, nap trapped, are they? Because they yeah, can exactly. get out and about. Because I think that's yeah. um, what uh, parents can find when they do have a baby that prefers to contact nap. That after the first few months have gone by um, and baby's a bit bigger, um, perhaps sleeping for a bit longer, um, they really actually can't do anything, can they? So for a few mm. hours every day, they're trapped. Um, they've got yeah. the baby sleeping on them um, and uh, they just can't get anything done and can't even go and have a shower or do any self-care. Yeah. And that's so really that's, hard. I don't know what you were like yeah, when you were a little Laura, but for me, I just, I needed that time to just not be touched for a little while and to just, mm, yeah, you know, it sounds silly, but to just be able to freely move my arms and you know, get, yes. get a few things done or just, yeah, to have that space. It's so important for your mental health. I know some parents find it totally manageable and that's perfectly fine. Um, but if you're yes. feeling a bit touched out and you really need your space, then yeah, you can absolutely work towards um, moving those contact naps into the, the cot or in this case into the pram and then into the cot um yeah and so Joyce sort of wondered you know what approaches she could so Joyce is one of our Sunbell parents of course um and she wondered what approaches she could apply um and really you know we've replied to her email and and sort of let her know but any of the Sunbell approaches that um, for cot settling would work in Joyce's case it would really just come down to um, what feels most comfortable and like the best fit for Joyce and the temperament and personality of her baby um and Sunbell Mm. will you know talk her through how to kind of work that out Um, But the most important thing I would say is if you're going to, you know, Joyce does contact naps and always holds her baby to sleep sort of day and night. If you want to make the smoothest transition to cot settling, from my experience, most families have an easier time of things if they change all the settling to the new approach. So in Joyce's example, I wouldn't suggest that she starts to do, um, you know, cot settling in the daytime and still holds her baby to sleep overnight. I mean, you could, but it's, there's quite a good chance that baby will feel pretty confused and might just think, well, hang on, sometimes Mm. I have to fall asleep in my cot and other times I can be held to sleep. 
um, sometimes mm. that confuses them and can actually cause a whole lot of crying because they think, well, maybe if I cry a bit harder, they'll change their mind and you know do what they did before. <laughs> So always be thinking about, you know, if you want to have a smooth move to cot settling, then pick an approach that you feel really comfortable with um, and then just try and apply that to every single settle. And usually you might have a couple of tricky settles, but after a couple of days, um, you know, with all the support you've given them, they're usually um, settling down really quickly and, you know, they're quite happy to settle in their cot. So it's definitely Mm. lots of different um, options you can take to get you there. And I think it's just so important you choose one that, that is the right fit for you and feels like something you can really stick to as well. Yeah, and one that you can um, commit to um, because practice makes perfect um, and um, being able to demonstrate to your baby that this is the way that um, you're now going to be supporting them to go to sleep, whether it's asleep during the day or asleep at night or a resettle overnight um, is really important so um, yeah choosing that one approach and then sticking to it is um, really helpful for you and and for the baby yeah absolutely and I think when you make that transition as hard as it can be sometimes try to be flexible as a parent you know um, I know there can be a lot of anxiety around what if they miss the nap or what if it's you know hours until they finally fall asleep doesn't matter (laughs) you know it it might (laughs) be a tricky day it's not going to harm your baby if their naps sort of jump around all over the place for a few days Um, it's just going to be a little bit inconvenient for you because maybe your schedule won't be quite you know what it normally is so I would say if you find your baby is having you know really short naps or taking a long time to fall asleep um, just try to kind of ride it out, I suppose. Um, it might be that they do have, you know, instead of having um, three naps that day, maybe they're going to have four short naps because that's all they're managing at first. Um, and that's yeah. fine. You know, after a few days, it should all get easier and they'll start to fall into a bit of a pattern. So in some ways, we're asking yeah. you to be a little bit brave when you make those changes um, and just trust that, you know, they will they will adjust and things will settle down again. I was just going to say that um, if you do know that um, there's going to be a change in um, childcare arrangements on the horizon, it is a really good idea um, to think about um, supporting your baby to learn to fall asleep during the day in a way other than a contact nap. So I think that that's really um, good of Joyce to be looking forward um, to what's going to be happening in a few months' time. Um, But I also just wanted to... Um, I guess allay some of the fears that Joyce may be feeling about sleep at daycare and that I know a lot of the families that we see in clinic um, have, um, which is, um, is my baby going to sleep at daycare and are the uh, educators there going to be able to support my baby to go to sleep in the way that they prefer? Um, and what we find is that babies um, can be really quite adaptable um, with their sleep. Um, and when they do start daycare, there's, it's an entirely different experience. Um, they've got other babies around them that they're watching and learning from. Um, they've got different educators um, across the day. And... Um, it's very likely that the educators will be using a different settling technique um, to help your little one go to sleep whilst they are at daycare. And that's okay. Babies 
do adapt and learn that there are different um, rules around sleep at different places. Um, and whilst your baby may prefer to have some or all contact naps with you at home, when they're at daycare, um, being popped down in the bassinet along with their other little mates um, is not necessarily going to be a big problem. And the educators are normally very well trained and well versed in how to settle a room full of little ones um, and they may do something a little bit different and that's okay mm, often they can really surprise us with what they do i've had many parents say oh they sleep beautifully at childcare. they just lie down and put themselves <laughs> to sleep and at home it's a three-hour battle <laughs> so yeah sometimes actually starting childcare can you know open the door to that, you know, because if they're getting a bit of practice, you know, at childcare of putting themselves off to sleep, then if you start to kind of work on that at home, they go, oh, okay, I suppose I can do this at childcare, so I can probably do it at home too. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's really a good thing to, to think about. Um, just before we go, the other thing I wanted to touch on this week was we had an email come through from someone very passionate about the science around sleep which is so great and I love mm. it when we get these emails. This person was really, really concerned about the amount of misinformation out there about sleep, um, in particular how badly some of that information was affecting one of their friends and are really concerned about their friend mm. um, and they sort of wondered what they can do. I think what we can do is be really proactive in sharing the really good advice and the sensible information. So what I would say if other parents are sort of worrying about this as well, and I know it can be a big source of distress for some people, um, I think what you can do is you know share the good information. So when you hear good information, share it around. Um, but also block out the really crappy information. So if you hear something about <laughs> sleep and you think, gosh, that's absolute nonsense. You don't even have to get mad about it. You don't have to write nasty mm. comments or anything like that. There's no point. Um, a lot of these people won't change. But mm. you can make the choice to not follow those social media accounts. Um, just block out that, that information that is misleading or that you think is really inaccurate. I think we have to just have a, mm. a loud and clear voice with the good advice and the good, sensible, science-backed information. And I feel like because that information is the right information, you know, it's accurate and it works and it helps families, eventually it will start to drown out some of that misinformation. Um, and I think our listeners and, of course, Laura and I as well, we try to take a really active role in trying to, um, you know, get get good advice out there. And that's what this podcast is about as well. It's what Sombal is about as well. Um, we just have to keep talking about, you know, the good advice and the good information and what's really worked for you. Um, would you agree with that, Laura? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, well, I know that it is one of the main reasons why um, we started down this path, Fallon, with um, mm. opening Infant Sleep Australia and then um, creating the Sombell program um, was a way to um, take good evidence-based, sensible advice and amplify it and get that information out there um, in an um, environment that is strewn with misinformation. So um, we're trying to make a little bit of noise um, to help parents um, sift the wheat from the chaff. Um, and we're going to keep on doing it, aren't we, Fallon? Yeah, absolutely, we will. Mm. All right. Well, if you're having troubles with sleep, um, of course, reach out to us. If you're one of our Sombell parents and you have a question that you'd like us 
um, to talk about on next week's podcast, shoot us through an email. And thank you so much to Joyce for sending through that really fantastic question. I feel like um, there was, you know, some um, really good things to consider if you're struggling with contact maps um, that we've discussed today. Um, Have a wonderful week and we can't wait to chat again next week. See you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you need help with your baby's sleep or settling, then you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged 0 to 12 months. It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and soak in your baby. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.